Hello, my name is Evan. Hi. The Old Testament reading is found in Isaiah 58, verses 10 through 12. And if you open your heart to the hungry and provide abundantly for those who are afflicted, your light will shine in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noon. The Lord will guide you continually and provide for you, even in parched places. He will rescue your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water that won't run dry. They will rebuild ancient ruins on your account. The foundations of generations past you will restore. You will be called mender of broken walls, restorer of livable streets. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Debbie. <laughs> Hello. The New Testament reading is found in Acts 2:42 through 43. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name is Eric. If you are able and haven't already done so, please stand up for the gospel reading, which is found in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners, and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Would you remain standing as we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God. And we thank you for the way that we have come to know you through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we ask now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear your word not only being read and taught, but to hear your word calling us to life, calling us to attention, calling us to join you in your work. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit. Speak now. Your servants are listening. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. You know, it's occurred to us as we've been talking over the last several weeks that for some of you, this is maybe a newer church to you. Maybe you joined New Life Downtown during the pandemic. We know that several of you, that was the case because you'd never been to Palmer High School before. And by the way, isn't it awesome, right? <laughs> Cooler than advertised. Uh, others, others, thank you, you're good sports. Um, others it's of the you, scaffolding that does yeah, it's it. It's the scaffolding, the, it's very cool. It's the selling point. We did try to get an angel to come from there during Christmas Eve, but we were told not to. Um, <laughs> Others of you, you're not just new to New Life or New Life Church, but you're also kind of just, 
It's, it's the first time in a long time that maybe you've been back to church and maybe some things have, have happened over the last couple of years that have provoked a kind of longing or maybe even a sense of, of uh, desperation of saying, I, I, I don't know what I need, but I need something beyond what I can do for myself or give for myself. And, and I just want to say, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here, a part of New Life Church and New Life Downtown. And this weekend across New Life Church, we're calling it Vision Weekend. Uh, we've done this a couple times before, but it, we felt that it was time to kind of set the course uh, for 2022 and set the tone and say, here's what we feel in our hearts. So by way of introduction, let's just start for a minute. My name is Glenn Packham. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life Downtown. I'm Jason Jackson, the associate lead pastor at New Life Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and New Life Downtown is one of eight congregations at New Life Church. So in January of 1985, New Life Church began. That means this month is 37 years as a church. And we have in our midst a very honorable, important legacy <laughs> individual, the only staff member who is still on staff today that was also on staff, might not have been paid back then, in January of 1985, Pastor Lance Coles. Give us a wave, everyone. Come on, Lance. Come on, Lance. There he is. So it's a very, very special morning. We've got Lance in our midst. And then in, in about 1997, I think it was, a New Life Chinese Church began. And it began out of the World Prayer Center. Um, it still continues to meet at the World Prayer Center. So that became the sort of first iteration of, is this going to be a church with many congregations? But it wasn't until 2012, Palm Sunday 2012, New Life Downtown became the first off-site congregation of New Life Church. So that's you guys, New Life Downtown, coming up on nine years, on 10 years this Palm Sunday. Uh, pretty awesome. Also would have been a good place for applause, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> glory to God. And then a few years after that, New Life Friday Night, which uh, Pastor Daniel Grothy leads, it was our college and 20-somethings ministry, became uh, the mill and then became the New Life Friday Night service. That became its own congregation as well. And then shortly after that, I think about five years ago on Valentine's Day, uh, it was a Sunday, New Life Manitou Springs began, which that's an amazing thing to think about. There's a, con there's a church that meets at Manitou Springs. They have about 100 people and they are faithfully loving Jesus and calling people to uh, serve him. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then a few years after that. It was actually no, right before right that. Right before that. It was the vote. To merge. You, you are correct. It was 2016. 2016. Six years ago. Yes. Um, in late 2016, the elders voted to merge with a Spanish congregation that originally began on a New Life Church and then had been independent. And they are called Iglesia Nueva Vida, which means New Life Church. New Life Church. Very good. I'm so proud of your <laughs> Spanish. Well done. And they are a Spanish uh, language congregation, and they meet um, over in Circle and Union, and they're a thriving congregation. We, we're thrilled to have them part of the New Life Church family. And then a couple years ago, we launched New Life East, which meets out at Grand Peak Academy on Cowpoke Drive, uh, very appropriate uh, for, for the vibes out uh, their prairie parties and all that. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful modern building, much nicer school, truth be told. Um, don't have any ideas. No, you can go. It's, okay, anyway, New Life East, two years ago, led by Pastor Andrew Arndt. And then last year, we, we merged with another existing church in town through relationships and friendships, 
uh, called Antioch Church, and we merged with them. They're called New Life Midtown, and they meet on Austin Bluffs and Academy. So that's the a full picture here of all eight of the congregations at New Life Church. And the, the big blue roof off of Voyager, the OG, the mothership, uh, now goes by the name New Life North. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So as we get into this Vision Sunday, I wanted to start by talking to you from the book of Acts. Now, when you think about the book of Acts, oftentimes we refer to the book of Acts as this is the story of the birth of the church. This is the story of uh, the church beginning and kind of taking the torch and running with it. But if you look very carefully, the very first verse of Acts chapter 1, Luke, who's writing this book, says that in his earlier volume, he recorded all the things that Jesus did and taught. And that's our first clue that his volume 2 is not the account of what someone else did and taught, but it's really the continuation of what Jesus did and taught and Jesus does and teaches and continues to do in and through the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so New Testament theologian N.T. Wright has said, the book of Acts, it really ought to be called the Acts of Jesus, part two. So the Gospel of Luke is the Acts of Jesus, part one, and the book of Acts is the Acts of Jesus, part two, which, you know, in our Bibles, it says the Acts of the Apostles. But when you read the book, it becomes very clear that actually God is the one doing the acting. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, Peter's preaching, and he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Verse 22, God proved to you through miracles, wonders, and signs, which God performed through him among you. Verse 24, talking about God and Jesus, he says, God raised him up. God freed him from death's dreadful grip. Verse 36, God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and and Christ. And then verse 41, and God brought about 3,000 people into the community on that day. So I, we want to say just right up top here that in the book of Acts, God is the primary actor. Yeah. In the book of Acts, God is the primary actor. This is what we see. And then what is the church? What, what is the church doing? In a very real way, the church, Christians are witnesses. And so Jesus says right out of the gate there, Acts 1, verse 8, wait, you're going to receive power in order to be my witnesses. Now, here's the thing. Being a witness is not passive. In the English language that, you know, we're speaking this morning, if you say, I was a witness to that, what it means is I saw it. Last night, my son and I were at the Broncos Chiefs game, and we went with a friend who had great seats and it started out so promising. <laughs> and we were seated right there where that fumble occurred, like just, you know, a few feet. And I'm ashamed to admit it, my son is a Chiefs fan. It's my biggest parenting failure. Yeah. So the fumble happens and I'm like, no! And he stands up, yeah! And I just glared at him, you know. But that's being a spectator. But in the Bible, being a witness is not be the same thing as being a spectator. In fact, the Greek word for witness here is the word marturos, from which we get the word martyr. In other words, being a witness to God as the lead actor is not this sort of dispassionate, indifferent, neutral third party saying, oh, yeah, 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 true, I saw Jesus do that, as if you're sort of an academic historian just marking, oh, yes, fact check, true, fact check, true. Being a witness is not being a spectator. It's not being apathetic or passive or indifferent. When the New Testament says be a witness, it means testify. 
Testify to this. Verify this from your own participation in it. It's the way, it's, it's someone saying, oh yeah, I can vouch for that. That's true. I've eaten at that restaurant. It is good. I can testify. And not just testify because it's the word that we get the word martyr from. It, there's an investment in it. There, 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 in a way of speaking, there, there's skin in the game. You're not a witness that's like, this is cheap. I just, yeah, yeah, sure. I saw that. That's very cool. I like that. You're, a, you're someone who's testifying with an investment in it. So being a witness is not passive. And, and this morning, we want to talk to you about the vision for New Life Downtown and New Life Church as a way of saying, this is how the church participates in the mission of God. So in Acts chapter 2, right after we hear the story of Peter, the Holy Spirit coming and Peter proclaiming this incredible sermon and God adding 3,000 people to the church, we get one of these early descriptions about how the early church witnessed to the inbreaking kingdom of God. How did they actively participate in what it is that God was doing? And if you've read the Bible for long, this is probably one of those passages that you kind of come back to and say like, that is beautiful and it's compelling and I want to be a part part of something like that. Luke writes it this way, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So the believers, in light of everything that God had done in and through Jesus, they witnessed by devoting themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. And a sense of awe came over everyone. Why? Because God yes. performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. And all the believers were united and they shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. And every day they met together in the temple. And they ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. And then the Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. So the first thing we see that they devoted themselves to was to teaching. They devoted themselves to what Luke calls the apostles' teaching. We know when Jesus shows up on the scene, Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God. We even heard that in the Old Testament or in the gospel reading as Jesus is unrolling the scroll of Isaiah and proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God. He's proclaiming that God is king and he's teaching people how to live in God's kingdom and he's healing and restoring people so that they can live out this kingdom way of life. But Jesus teaches. He's known as a teacher. He spends three years teaching his followers how to live in light of the kingdom of God. And then he tells them to go and do likewise. He tells them to go into all the world and make disciples by teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So Jesus teaches his disciples Mm. and then he tells his disciples to teach their disciples and then their disciples teach the next disciples. And this has been going on for 2,000 years. (laughs) Teaching the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. It's known as the apostles' teaching. It gets summarized in the church history in the creeds. 
It's the thing that we say when we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, and I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, and I believe in the church and the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. It's that foundational belief that says, this is what it means to be a Christian, is to believe these things. And the church, the early church, devoted themselves to this. In fact, whenever the church has devoted themselves, to the orthodox historic teaching, things have gone well for the church. Yeah. Yeah. Things have gotten off <laughs> as the church departed or deviated yes. from what we've always That's taught right. and always believed. It's so important for us not to innovate in this, mm. but to mm. actually be the people who believe what all Christians everywhere have always believed. Amen. Amen. And so this year, as we begin to look into 2022, we feel like it's important to actually just kind of go back to some of those foundations. And so normally what we do in our preaching series is we choose the book of the Bible and we preach through that. But we're going to do in our next series or the next 20 weeks or so is we're going to talk about who is God Mm. and we're going to do a series on the Father, the Son, Mm. and the Holy Spirit. So we're Mm. going to spend six or seven weeks talking about the Father, then we're going to spend Lent and Easter talking about Jesus, and then in Easter tide we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and we're going to relay that groundwork of this is what it means to be a Christian, this is what we believe. And so for those of you who are newer or newer to faith, this is going to be a fantastic series for kind of reminding ourselves of that or maybe hearing those things for the first time. Or maybe if you know someone who's Mm. like, hey, I have some questions about Christianity. Mm. I'm not sure how this whole thing works. This is a great series to invite them to as we walk through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together and devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. It's it's really true. And and actually, week one, next week, I'm going to start with the the first sort of question, which is, who needs God? I said this in the 9 a.m. and a six-year-old girl leaned over to her dad and said, everyone uh, which I really love, and, and we, I think that's the same conclusion I'm going to come to next week. Uh, but we'll start out with who needs God, and then like Jason said, we'll talk about who the Father is, who Jesus is, and then who the Holy Spirit. But this will take us all the way through the end of May, so this is a great time. We want to invite you, church, this is a great time to lean in and, and bring some friends with us, because there'll be some weeks where let us be sort of the, uh, you know, the, the, the person or the voice that, that you and your friends can maybe disagree with. So you go out to brunch after afterwards or lunch afterwards and you say what do you think and they say I don't think I liked anything that he said and you could say me neither I never like no you can agree with them all right the second thing that we're going to devote ourselves to this year is prayer and spiritual renewal prayer and spiritual renewal last week if you didn't hear the message or you haven't caught up on it you, you missed it maybe I want to encourage you to go back and find it on YouTube or on the podcast or our website because I was teaching about becoming a people of prayer And my invitation, our invitation to you as a church is not to simply log a bunch of minutes or hours a week praying, but to actually become people who pray. And last week we wrestled with three objections that we have. I don't know how to pray. I don't have time to pray. Or I don't know if prayer matters. Take a listen to that sermon from last week and see if it sparks something in you. Because the invitation for us as a church not just as individuals, is to, is to be a people of prayer. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves and to their prayers. And then it says, and a sense of awe came over everyone. And God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. I love the, that phrase that God performed many signs and wonders. You know, sometimes with the book of Acts, we kind of have two uh, uh, errors that we can make on either side. 
The one error is to say, well, look at the book of Acts. There's miracles every day. So my life, I just ought to be driving on the way to work and like, you know, sprinkle prayer dust over someone that I'm driving in and boom, they're, they're healed. And, you know, it just ought to be magical. But why isn't it? Or the other error is to say, well, none of this happens. That was just for, you know, to get things going. Listen, the book of Acts is a story that's told about churches in about five different cities over the course of about 30 years. If we compiled an Instagram reel of testimonies of over 30 years of five churches, you'd be like, that's pretty good. (laughs) We can make our one year at New Life Church look pretty good. So there is a sense in which God breaks through, but it it doesn't mean that every second of every day is like that. But neither does it mean that those were just special times and, oh, well, the day that we're living in today is not like that. In fact, everything that the New Testament teaches us is to believe that the same spirit who empowered the first church empowers our church. And I want to invite you to believe that. The same Holy Spirit who empowered and was working through the first church is working through our church. And the question is prayer, it really prayer is the way that we lean in with expectation about that. And I want to, the question for us is, will you lean in with expectation and say, come on God and do it. The, the, the early church leaned in with prayer and left with awe. That's what I want for us. Lean in with prayer and then leave with awe saying, wow, how did that turn around? Only God. God did it. And I I put on here not just prayer, but but spiritual renewal. And part of the reason for this is it's possible for for any of us, even those of you who've been familiar with different moves and movements of the Spirit of God, it's possible for us to get complacent and to treat our uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit in particular as a one and done kind of thing. Said yes to Jesus in 87, baptized with the Holy Spirit in 93, got the t-shirt, you know. The, the early Christians, that, that would have been foreign to them because what they, what they began to recognize is that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And like all relationships with persons, people, there's a difference between a friend from 20 years ago and a friend of 20 years, right? There's a difference between a friend, like, I, I don't want a Holy Spirit that I once knew 20 years ago. I want a Holy Spirit that is renewing his relationship and empowering presence with me every day. Amen? And so to kickstart that, we're, we're, we're having eight prayer meetings that begin tomorrow. And these will go on every week. There will be some breaks in the summer and all of that. You heard me talk about this last week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every, uh, every one of those mornings, four mornings a week, 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., Four noontime slots a week, uh, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Pick any of them, pick all of them, pick two of them, mix it up, go to one one week, go to that's, that's probably okay. Might be more helpful if you found a rhythm and then stuck with it. Our downtown team is going to lead the Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. one, but it doesn't matter. Choose any of this. This is for the whole church to be praying together, and for that reason, it's being hosted at the World Prayer Center. The World Prayer Center is a place that has a legacy of prayer, and we are re-engaging, reigniting uh, that calling on that place to be a house of prayer. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. So the third thing that we see actually happens in between that, between mm. devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer, and we see that they devoted themselves to community. And actually it says this over and over in this passage in various ways, to the community, to their shared meals, mm. Every day they met together in the temple. 
and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. See elsewhere that they were sharing the resources from properties that they sold and other things. When we talk about community, community is probably the greatest felt need as it relates particularly to the church. When people are, you're asking, hey, what are you looking for? People often say, I'm looking for community, that there's something about us as people that we're longing for relationships, we're longing for community. We want to know and we want to be known. We want to find our people, if you will. I want to know who those people are that we can call to come over and help us when you know, something breaks or can come and watch a kid while we take another kid to the doctor or someone that's going to bring us meals when we're sick and we can't go outside. We want to know who those people are. And oftentimes, whether or not we find those people determines whether or not we stay at a church. We might end up coming to a church that's like, oh, I really like the, I really like the worship, or I really like the teaching, or I really like this thing that they do. But over the long run, what helps us to stay in any place is a sense of community. And if anything has been true over the last couple of years, mm. community has been really hard. It's been difficult. We felt isolated. We've needed to be isolated. We've had moments where we weren't even able to gather together in person. And we've had all kinds of disruptions to things. And not only that, but we've seen a a total fracturing of our society in greater and greater ways. Is Maybe even sitting here today, you can think about people that were in your life, were friends, and now there's been some sort of disruption Mm. uh, to that relationship. The reason that this matters so much is not only is it a felt need for each of us, but actually Christianity is genetically communal. Yeah. That there is no (laughs) having Jesus and not having the church. Mm. Mm. To to be a follower of Jesus also means to belong to the church. Yes. That those things actually go together. And it's one of the primary ways that the church actually testifies or witnesses to God's kingdom. God's kingdom gets worked out and gets witnessed to or testified in the sense that all these people who have no business being together, who have no real reason for being together, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, rich and poor, Broncos fans and Chiefs fans, (laughs) that they all get brought together and say like, why are these people together? Oh, because of Jesus. Yes. So it's genetically communal, but community is also genetically difficult. <laughs> it's hard because there's people there, like at every juncture. It's like, oh, the community, oh, that means that person. <laughs> and they keep showing up. And so community actually requires commitment. It requires devotion. Good. Community is not fast or easy or cheap. Mm. Mm. You can't get it in a drive-through line. And any community that you find that's fast, easy, or cheap will be gone quickly as well. Mm. Mm. Community that really matters, that's really significant, develops slowly over time, and it costs us something. When we see the early church, we see that what they're doing in the sake of communities, they're constantly doing two things. They're showing up and they're sharing. Mm. They're showing up Mm. and they're sharing. Mm. They're showing up in public places like the temple, Mm. And they're showing up in private places like homes. Mm. And they're doing it every day. They're showing up in each other's lives. Mm. They're showing up. And when they're showing up, they're not just like showing up and being like, hey, what do you have for me today? Mm. 
They're actually showing the point in which they bring something to the table. So they're good. sharing meals with one another, which doesn't mean like somebody's providing all of it, but actually they're bringing that in together. They're setting up, they're cooking together, they're eating together, they're cleaning up together, they're taking care of one another's kids. They're doing all the things that are necessary for them to actually be in that space together. Mm. They're showing up and they're sharing. They're not just sharing that. They're sharing their resources in some really, really dramatic ways. Mm. They're sacrificially sharing with one another. So we want, you to, we want to encourage you as you can look at 2022 is to ask yourself, what does my devotion to this community look like? Mm. How can I show up and how can I share? How can I show up in public places and in private places? So that may mean just saying, hey, I'm gonna continue to show up and worship. It may mean like, hey, I need to find another place to kind of show up and I'm going to get involved in one of our courses, either in Emotionally Healthy Discipleship or in Alpha or in Mom's Discipleship or in First Year or in in Mentor Discipleship. I want to show up and be present in people's lives. I want to show up in ways that are significant, both public and private. And maybe it's saying, I want to show up in a meal group. Meal groups are our versions of small groups. Mm. And it's one of the things that were really disruptive in the the midst of the pandemic is our ability to gather together. And I know we still have concerns and we're not out of this yet. And we're still trying to figure out how do we gather safely together. And we need to be asking all of those questions. But I also believe that the people of God are an immensely creative people and we can find ways to gather with one another. And so we want to say, hey, let's do meal groups. Let's lean in to being in one another's homes and sharing meals with one another. We're getting ready to launch another round of meal groups on February 6th. Our meal groups do four simple things. They meet together, they eat together, they share together, and they pray together. We want to make this simple so that anybody who wants to host and open your home and lead one of these groups is able to do it. Pastor Jay is looking for meal group leaders now. And so if you're like, actually, I want to be a part of that, find Pastor Jay at the Welcome Center after the service. Say, hey, Jay, I want to be a part of that. How can I get involved in meal groups? The second way is to sacrifice, to share. And the two practical ways to do that are to actually join a team and to give sacrificially. Mm. Our teams have been really disrupted by the pandemic as well. Having people that are volunteering and setting up and tearing down and taking care of kids and kids ministry and discipling in all kinds of uh, areas and our meal groups and elsewhere, serving our production team, helping with life safety. We have all kinds of things that go in to actually having these services. They all require volunteers. Volunteers are really like the bones Mm. of any church, Mm. the lifeblood, the Mm. thing that actually makes all of this happen are people saying, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to sacrificially give some of my time to serve someone else in this arena. And so if you're looking like, hey, I want to get involved, find uh, Blake Cataldo at the Discipleship Pathway Center after the service. Say, Blake, here's what I'm passionate at. Here's what I'm good at. Here's how I can serve. If we had just a a number of people serving one or two more Sundays a month, it would really help our team. Some of them are getting really tired uh, as they've been serving week in and week out over a long period of time to make sure everything happens. And so if you're like, hey, I've got a Sunday. I've got one service, one Sunday a month. I can do that please consider leaning in, devoting yourself to the community 
in that way. And of course, the other aspect of sharing is by sharing our resources together. And I just want to say one of the miracles over the last couple of years is that our giving at New Life Downtown has stayed strong and steady. Uh, So thank you. Uh, for your continued sacrificial generosity to this community, that we have not had any sort of major disruptions to our finances. We haven't had to lay off any staff or do any of those things. Our giving has been uh, greater year to date every year uh, during the midst of this pandemic. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. And I just want to encourage you to continue to give sacrificially or maybe to start. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're like, hey, I never really know that was part of the church. Like when you did that offering thing, I was like, I didn't understand what you were doing. This is how we share our resources with one another. And so if you've never started the habit or practice of giving sacrificially to the church, I want to encourage you to devote yourself to that in some way this next year. That was awesome. Um, The fourth thing that we want to devote ourselves to is mission. And you, you see this verse here, verse 47, they praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone And the Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. I want to point out two things about that verse. The first is this part of it. Uh, They demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The mission of the church is done by ordinary Christians. The early church didn't grow because they had awesome services. They did not. In fact, they locked the doors and kept people out of their services. This is a true story. For the first 250, 300 years, they didn't grow because they had fantastic preaching and great special music. And all. The, the early church grew because ordinary Christians knew how to demonstrate God's goodness to everyone. Yeah. In the marketplace, in their homes, in the streets, all of that. And so the invitation, when I say the word mission, you're like, oh, great, what programs? I'm going to tell you, we got some great programs. We're excited <laughs> about our programs. But... The mission of the church is done by ordinary Christians. And the invitation to us this year is to say, okay, God, how can I demonstrate your goodness to everyone? Not just when I'm feeling Christian-y, but like the people that I rent properties to, the people that I am waiting in line with, the people that I'm encountering at the counter of, uh, you know, Starbucks or whatever. How can I demonstrate God's goodness to everyone? Then the second part of this, that the Lord added to their number daily. What I love about that is we, what we wish for is dramatic, explosive growth. And earlier in this chapter, it's like 3,000 people got saved. Yes, and then they all went back to their cities because this was a feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem. This wasn't like, boom, 3,000 people, and then they stayed and hung out in Jerusalem. They did not. But what happened was all of these Christian communities slowly added people. And actually, I think, if you look at the created world, The things that grow uncontrollably are usually bad things. When a wildfire grows uncontrollably, like we saw a few weeks ago, it's devastating. When when cells in our body grow uncontrollably, that's cancer. We, We don't think of those as healthy things. But when things grow organically and correctly, and it's oftentimes slowly and incrementally. My phrase for us this year about growth is a stable core and steady growth. So all the stuff Jason was just talking about, the stable core community, that stable core, and then we need some steady growth. So pray with us for that. Think about people to invite to that. And there's three things I do want to tell you about beyond our everyday demonstration of the goodness of God. And the first is Alpha. 
Alpha is a course that we've been running at New Life Downtown for, I think, six years or so. Is that right, Jay? About six years or so, 2016. And it's a way of inviting people who are curious about faith, who either don't have faith or uh, maybe they're new to the faith but want to learn more. It's a way for them to explore their questions in a safe, warm, hospitable environment. And so there's a meal. It happens at the commons. There's round tables. There's a meal. There's a short film, like 18 to 20 minute film, really beautifully produced. It's shot around the world, even stuff uh, with interviewing people from different countries around the world. There's some scenes in there of Israel. So when you're talking about Jesus, you can imagine some of this stuff. There's interviews with people like Bear Grylls, if you're the adventuring type, or Francis Collins, who is the former, just stepped down of the director of the National Institute of Health uh, here in the U.S. Remarkable people of faith. And then ordinary stories of people from uh, broken lives and, and lives of crime even, prison conversions, all of this stuff. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. It starts week one is, is there more to this life? Week two is, who's Jesus? Week three is, why did he die? I mean, just the basic questions. You watch this film, you talk about it over a meal, and then you let the Lord do his work. I've been part of Alpha in group settings. And then last year, for the first time, I actually did Alpha one-on-one with a friend of a friend uh, who lives in another state. And we, we got on Zoom, and then I would play the video together, and then we would talk. And by week four, he made the decision to give his life to Jesus. And I, I was in tears. And I, I came upstairs from my basement where I was doing the Zoom call with him, and I thought, I want to do that again. I want to lead people to Jesus again. Some of you, it's been too long since you've told the good news of Jesus to someone. Bring a friend with you to Alpha. Jay's going to be talking about it over the next couple Sundays. It launches on Tuesday, February 1st uh, in the Commons. You can kind of mark that on your calendar. And another way you can help us with Alpha is we want to up our game with hospitality and food uh, at Alpha. We want it to be like people showed up to this thing curious and nervous, and they found out it was great food and a great atmosphere. And so this year, for, for the first time in a while, we're actually inviting you to give toward Alpha. Uh, We figured out that for this whole year, 2022, we'd like to raise about $30,000 to cover the Alpha courses that we run. Lots of churches all around the world run Alpha, and they do this very, very often. They'll raise for it, raise money for it, because we don't want more Christians than seekers at Alpha. So all of you can't come to Alpha, okay? (laughs) Only come if you're bringing a seeker or a skeptic. But all of you can help us uh, run this. And so that's, that's one of the ways you can give to that. We'll have information about that coming. Celebrate Recovery is another initiative that, that began years ago to help people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Did I say that right, Pastor Ken? I got it this time. And Pastor Ken has been uh, testing this out with a little group, and it's growing some momentum. But our hope is this fall to fully launch Celebrate Recovery groups right here out of New Life Downtown. Now, let me tell you why this is urgent. You've seen stats nationally throughout the pandemic of alcohol abuse, uh, addiction to to, uh, opioids. In El Paso County, the numbers are through the roof in terms of the rise of that stuff. But the truth is, it's not just the obvious substances that have been abused during the loneliness and the isolation of the pandemic. It's all kinds of stuff. And the truth is, for all of us, there's been ways, things that have been exposed, old wounds or hurts or, or, or traumas or unhealthy patterns that maybe emerged in this time. And we believe that one of our best ways to be an instrument of healing, what did Jesus do in the Gospels? He went about healing the sick. And healing happens, yes, in those moments, but healing happens in a journey too. And Celebrate Recovery is a way to do that. So join us with that. 
All right. The third thing is on January 23rd, we're going to have a launch of our, our local and global outreach initiatives. So some of you are looking for specific programs and specific initiatives. What are our partnerships with schools or can we go overseas this year? Yes, yes, and yes. And c- make sure you're here on Sunday, January 23rd to find out about that. So the last thing I want to talk to you about is uh, where they did all of this devoting. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the Acts, the people of God are devoting themselves to these things, but people are essentially placed people. Mm. Uh, we gather in places. We do these things in places. Place matters to church. Place matters to family. Mm. Over the holidays, you gather to family and friends in physical spaces in order to be together. And so physical space matters. And for many of you, you know that over the last couple of years, we've been looking for permanent physical space uh, for New Life downtown, uh, which has been really difficult to find uh, as you're thinking about all the things that are wonderful things that are happening in downtown Carter Springs and all the new exciting things uh, that just, you know, makes property harder to find, especially uh, for churches. But maybe more than anything, the pandemic highlighted our need for this, is we were unable to even continue our mission downtown in many ways because we were exiled from downtown. Uh, and for 10 years, we've been kind of a tabernacle church. We laugh so that we up. don't cry. You know, that's why you're laughing. I know. Yeah. We've been tabernacling around, setting up and tearing down in all kinds of places over the last uh, two years. And so we are still looking for a permanent space to call home to be able to gather in on Sundays and to expand all of these things that we're talking about, our courses and other things. And we just wanted to give you an update on where we're at in that search this morning. So late last year, the Dream Centers of Colorado Springs, which you know runs the Women's Clinic and Mary's Home, it was birthed out of New Life Church, but is a separate 501c3. We are in strong partnership, of course, with the Dream Centers, both financially and spiritually, relationally and all of that. Uh, The Dream Centers and New Life Church have been in conversations about a property that we've been looking at that is just a little bit east of downtown, strictly speaking, but has great potential, not only because of uh, the the price difference being a little bit outside downtown, but also because of the plans that are uh, in store for the area around it. Um, And we're in the exploration stage of it. An LOI was signed recently, letter of intent, which allows us to then begin a several-month process of due diligence. So the Dream Centers will be doing their set of due diligence. There's there's part of that property that they would potentially use to create more apartment complexes for single moms. But there's another part of the property that has a building on it, a structure that that we could remodel. Significant remodeling would be required to turn it into a church meeting space and a a gathering space. And so there's a lot that is going to go into that. But I want to ask two things of you right here, right now, at the beginning of 2022. I'm not going to lock the doors or take an offering. Don't worry. Relax. (laughs) I want to ask two things of you. One is pray with us. Pray that we will have discernment, to ask the right questions, to meet the right people, to have the right partnerships. And if this is the property, that the Lord would kind of make that clear. But the second thing is I want to ask you to prepare yourself. In the Old Testament, sometimes they'd be getting ready for battle. They'd say, prepare yourself for tomorrow. We'll see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, I don't know when the quote unquote tomorrow is, but I want to be found ready when the moment comes. I want to be found ready when the moment comes. So we need to prepare ourselves. And speaking of that, as we are here this morning in Palmer High School, every other New Life congregation has also been doing Vision Weekend this week, uh, this Friday night uh, and Sunday morning. And as we're here on Sunday morning at, at Palmer High School, New Life North, Pastor Brady, our senior pastor at New Life Church, is challenging New Life North to make itself ready and in a position to help 
the off-site congregations that don't have permanent space. Now, when Pastor Brady came in 2007, the debt on that North Campus, nobody really knew this, but the debt on that North Campus was just under $28 million. It was 27 point something million dollars. Crazy. But in 15 years, by the diligence of the elders, the, the vision of Pastor Brady, and by the grace of God and the generosity of the people of God, that figure is now down to nine million and some, nine, nine point something million dollars. It's amazing. And he is challenging the church at North today to say, North, New Life North, there's, they're going to have two special legacy offerings this calendar year. And to say, could we wipe that out? So we'll be in a position when the right properties come up for New Life Downtown or New Life East or whichever it is, that, that, that there's a moment to seize on it that they'll be in a place of strength to help us with that. Isn't that an amazing thing? Now, it, yes, amen, thank God for that. It's a little bit like sometimes like parents, if they're in a position to be able to do this, it's a little bit like parents saying, let's get our house in order so we can help launch the kids. That, that's the feeling. But that means the onus is on us to say, let's us also be ready. Yeah. Let's also prepare ourselves for this. If the worship team would come as we wrap this time this morning, I'm sorry for taking a little bit too much time, but I wanted to set this vision stuff for you so that you would know what we're about and what we're leaning into together as a people at New Life Downtown in 2022. I want us to, to head toward the close of this service and the start of this year by remembering that Acts 2 does not begin with what they were devoting themselves to. Acts 2 begins with God pouring out his spirit on the church. We said at the beginning of this sermon this morning that God is the lead actor in the story of the church, not us. We can't devote ourselves to teaching without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't devote ourselves to community without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't, can't devote ourselves to prayer and spiritual renewal without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't see the mission of God advance in our city without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. 